0: Hi guys, welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your Thursday, September 8th episode. I'm your host, Jake Burns. I'm excited to be back, feeling better, feeling like myself post-surgery. Finally, got uh, some energy going again, which is great. You know, you gotta have energy and a voice to talk on a pod. I've been sick, I've been traveling, had a quick surgery, and all of a sudden I didn't have any effort, uh, energy to effort a podcast. So I apologize about that, but we're back on our feet. We're gonna be rolling. We're gonna have some fun episodes Friday with John Colosimo, and then Saturday, a Behind Enemy Lines, and then Sunday morning, a Game Day episode. And then obviously, you'll get your typical Game Week stuff after that your Monday, you know, sort of rewind reaction show, Tuesday, comprehensive breakdown. And then we're on and rolling as the Browns head to Carolina this weekend to face the Panthers. Before we start really shifting focus to the Panthers, I wanted to do what I think is one more fun episode, sort of capping. I don't know, off-season stuff. This is kind of a weird this we're all sort of adjusting to this new NFL schedule which allows this bye week in between preseason regular season. To me, it's still a weird thing. You're, you know, excited, you're ready to go, get the roster cuts, get everything. You just got this weekend off. It's nice, but it's a weird time for content because we have talked about every single thing we can talk about. It feels like leading up to the season, now leading up to the Panthers and it's just like all of these all of these pieces of, uh, you know, or these angles of talking about the team get covered and you really don't have much else to talk about. Although it seems like between the Browns, questions being asked about Mayfield, Mayfield questions about the Browns, seems like there's enough stuff for everybody to talk about. And that's why I can't wait personally for week one to come and go and be on with the season because there just is so much lingering. It's like. I'm going to welcome in Jordan Zerm, who's who's going to join us and do what I think is a fun show. We have some fun things to talk about here. But like, Jordan, I think this is like if you got dumped, but you already had a vacation together and you have to kind of stick with the vacation plans. Am I right about that? How annoying this week one matchup is that we're all still talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns and it just won't stop. Is that analogy fit or am I crazy?
1: No, I think that's a I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's like um having the it's like The forgetting Sarah Marshall where he uh where he they break up and then he ends up at the same resort as her um yeah. in Hawaii uh and she's dating somebody else. Uh, that's that's what this is The forgetting Sarah Marshall of football for for the Browns. Um yeah, I I would love to not have to think about Baker Mayfield anymore and that has only been um that's the word I'm looking for here that is that has only been uh, reaffirmed by some of his pressers this week and some of the the t-shirts that he has uh, collabed on ahead of week one. i I'm I just I don't miss it one bit so yeah, let's let's get through week one. Let's get the vacation with the ex-girlfriend out of the way and go about our lives. you know
0: I would like to say the same thing for Baker Mayfield being happy that he doesn't have to think about the browns anymore. but here he is capitalizing on t shirt opportunities officially licensed might i say t shirt opportunities, so you know it's, again, it's not Baker's fault, his team did it, only the people close to him are petty, you know it's not like he could have said no or anything to the to the idea that was put in front of him, <laughs> but no, it's just it's not him, it's his team, it's his people so um yeah, good, good great uh ready to ready to move on and i i I, again, say I'm not swayed by the outcome of week one. Would it be nice to go to Carolina and get a win? Of course, but I'm not going to be swayed in either direction. Even if Mayfield is terrible in week one, I still think he can have a season that is worthwhile to sticking around the NFL, getting opportunities to start. It doesn't change anything for me. I, I just want it to be over. I just want it to be over. So hopefully this game can come and go and the Browns can win in some fashion. That is good. For Cleveland in week one because we all know one win in a week one game since the return and that is uh, that's a tough pill to swallow it'd be really cool to see them get a week one win so what we're going to do today which I think is a fun exercise there's a couple things first we're going to start out with 12 takes they can be hot takes they can be cold takes they can be whatever 12 takes on the 22 season Jordan gets six I get six you can get crazy detailed about your thoughts on it, or it can just be a, hey, here's what I think and leave it at that. But I think 12 takes is a good number, six and six. I'll let you hit lead off here. Jordan, we're going to do some superlatives later. I think it's a fun little uh, fun little deal there. Actually, before you do hit, hit lead off, we're, we're going to take a quick break, a quick word from our sponsors. When we get back, we're going to get into this fun exercise of the podcast. Be right back. Okay, you are the Stephen Kwan of this exercise, my friend. You have the first take plate is yours. You have great contact rate here. Let's see what you got.
1: Appreciate that. I've always wanted to be compared to Stephen Kwan. It's a lifelong dream, so appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But I might, you know, I might go un Stephen Kwan like here and get a little spicy, uh, you know, because when you're hitting lead off, you know, Kwan great eye for the strike zone, a lot of contact, but sometimes you you wish he hit for a little power. So I'm going to hit for a little power right now. Jake, one of my takes is that I don't think Jacoby Brissett will start all—is it a, 11 games before Deshaun Watson comes back? Um, I'll start there. I whether it is Josh Dobbs coming in, whether it is a a different quarterback down the line, I have found myself feeling very ambivalent towards Jacoby Brissett. Not to say that he is a a bad quarterback by any means. I think he is fine. Um, but I, Jake, I am worried a little bit about as, as we go into this season and as maybe the injuries occur to some of the skill positions. And I just, I worry about the Browns having to throw the football and being in situations where they have to throw the football. Now I think we saw last season with a quarterback who was struggling. What happened when they were put in, in, must pass situations and it didn't go great. Um, I I just worry a little bit about Jacoby and if this offense it gets to places where there are games where they're going to need to throw the ball around. So uh, one of my hottest takes is that I think it it may come to a point. Hopefully it is not early in the season. Hopefully this is more towards the meat of their their schedule. Their first four games are are all very manageable games. Um, I think this will come down the line, uh, maybe, you know, week eight, maybe week nine, we don't know. But I just – I have a feeling that there's going to be a bit of a lull and it may go on for a handful of games and there may may be some losses stacking up. And, you know, Kevin Stefanski and co. may get a little little anxious before they get Deshaun back and and maybe they throw Josh Dobbs out there. I don't know. But that's – I just – I have this feeling, Jake, that – there's going to be some adversity, and there there may be a just hey we need to shake the offense up a little bit as we go through. So I'm I'm hitting lead off with that take. It's a little spicy, but my take is that I I can see Jacoby Reset not being the started quarterback for all of the the eleven games ahead of Deshaun Watson's uh, end of his suspension. So that, there's my lead off hit, Jake. I'll I'll throw that one out there.
0: Yeah, I I have something similar. Not not necessarily a take on. Dobbs playing but I said between Jacoby and Dobbs because like you I'm just you're always thinking there could be a game uh, or two that he's hurt or whatever I think between Jacoby and Dobbs they're going to get to five wins in the first 11 so it seems like the national narrative has flipped and like people are way down on the Browns like they're just come not not the Watson thing people were always down on the Watson thing but they're just they 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 seem to think that the Browns are going to be bad. Like I'm not talking eight, and nine bad. There's a lot of like five and what is it now? Five and 12 and, and like yep. six and 11 believers. I think they're going to get to five wins. Those first four games, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota are the first four quarterbacks you play. Then you play a Patriots team in week six, who again, to me, I don't think that's a very good football team. It's still the Patriots, I get it, but I don't think they're very good. And then you got they're some still... games there that get tough, but like I think they can get to 5 wins whether Dobbs or Brissett. that's my take. It's spicy and it builds off yours a little bit because I do think Dobbs yeah. plays in this matter, but I think they get to 5 wins.
1: I no, I agree with you. I was going to say I with the you mentioned the Patriots and I'm with you there. Their skill positions are still pretty terrible in terms of talent that they have around Mac Jones in that offense. Um No, I mean, I think those first four games, it maybe contradicts me a a little bit. Although I, again, I mentioned that, like, I think those first four games are all very winnable. If they started 4-0, it would not shock me. Now things get much tougher from there as they, you know, the Chargers are going to be in there and, um, you know, the Buccaneers are coming. So they've got some, you know, they've got some tough games. And that's where I think, you know, they start playing some, some pretty good teams. And that's where I, I get a little shaky about, about Jacoby. And that's where I could see Dobbs maybe coming in there, but I would not, that was actually going to also be one of my takes is that I actually think despite later in the season, they may face some struggles. Like I, I, I think they could start out four and 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 it wouldn't shock me. And you're right. Like, I think there is a, people are have gone completely the opposite way and are almost two down on the Browns. And so I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, God bless Joe Flacco. Still going, but like, yeah, those, those first three, especially Jake, I mean, I I have no idea what to expect from the Panthers. I have, I have no idea what that offense is going to look like with Baker who got a late start. So like I, my expectations for week one are just like I are all over the place. I truly have no idea what to expect but yeah, man, you get the you get a Jets team week two, and like that's a you know that's a game regardless of who the Browns are trotting at a quarterback. There, I think they should win. So I I would not be shocked by a four and zero start, despite my feeling that a little bit down the line they may need to you know mix things up at the QB position. So I I like that one.
0: Yeah, so so if they if they win those first four again, very feasible. They they can get to six, in my opinion. Can they steal one of the other ones? But if they only go three and one. Getting two more is, is a is a tall task between, yep. you know, can you sneak that New England game, sneak the game in Miami? Because going to Buffalo, hosting the Bucks, unless the Bucks just implode, which is not again, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but the, 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 it's hard to see them not being really good. So you got it. The first four are going to tell us where this season is going, because if they go two and two in those first four. It's it's just going to be hard to get to five wins. And for me, five wins is the minimum threshold number you have to hit to have any fighting chance when Deshaun Watson comes back week 11. My next one, I think you've done two now, right? So, yes, yeah, because yours kind of
1: tied into mine. Yep,
0: yeah, perfect. So I'm really doing, like, player stuff now. I think Jordan Elliott gets over five sacks. So I think he's over, let me put it this way, he's over four and a half. So I think okay. he has a nice season. And he contributes to the pass rush. He establishes himself... This is me coming full circle on a player that I did not like at first, but his preseason, very encouraging. I think I'm going to call him leading the defensive tackle group with an over four and a half sack number, and he has a pretty good season. A little bit of a spicy take because he has not produced anywhere near that, but I think he'll get a full-on opportunity to do so, so I'm going with him over, over four and a half sacks. You're up next.
1: Love that. I love that. I, I've said before, you know, when you when your first name is Jordan and you're a Mizzou graduate, like good things have to come, and it's you know it's time for Jordan Elliott to hold up his end of the bargain. I've been doing my part, you know, and so it's uh you know it's his time. So man, that would be uh, production from that defensive tackle spot from him would be would be awesome. Um, I I will do a player one as well, a positive player one, um. I think I think David Njoku is uh, I'm I'm very bullish on his year. I think he's going to have between 800 and 900 receiving yards. I think that he is going to finally sort of I think the highest he's ever had. And I don't have the exact number, but I don't think he's gotten over 700 yards receiving in a season. I think he's gotten around 650. I I think that's right. Jake correct me if I'm wrong there, but I believe that that's mm-hmm. the the highest he's ever had. So I I think it, there's a lot of factors here, but one, obviously Austin Hooper gone and, and, you know, they're still going to run multiple tight end sets and Harrison Bryan is still there, but I think Njoku is finally the, the clear number one option at, at tight end. Uh, so there's that, I think two, just the way the offense is going to operate. I mean, it's always been a, a tight end um, favorable offensive scheme from Stefanski, but I, but I think, especially with Jacoby in there and them, you know, probably having some a safety valve is going to be a big part of this offense um, especially when when they need to throw the ball and I think David Njoku is going to be that guy for Jacoby Brissett and even for Deshaun when Deshaun comes back but I think really for for Jacoby uh, David is is going to provide um, a lot of targets for Jacoby and with a lot of targets will hopefully come more consistent catching and, and just more yards and you know David's a guy that's shown he can you know get some big yards after the catch we saw a couple times last season you know specifically you think about that Chargers game that touchdown that he caught where he broke a tackle and and sped on into the end zone like he's a guy that has the athletic ability to shake tacklers and to pick up some yak yard and so I'm I'm really bullish on Njoku's season I think it's given him some comfort that they you know they let Austin Hooper move on and I think he's, you know, obviously with a lot of the trade requests that he's sort of been on and off with, I think he was frustrated about his sort of standing on the roster. And I think this is, you know, this is the season for him to go and ball out. So I I can see, you know, his targets going up and then I can see the yardage hopefully going up right along with that. So I'm, I'm very bullish on Njoku's season. And I think he can, you know, we start getting up into the 700, 800, you know, yard category. And I think that's a huge win for for both the Browns and the offense. and, And I feel like it's really obtainable.
0: Yeah, I had put actually my next one was Joku over eight fifty and seven touchdowns. So we are we are in line on our third prop there. My, my my fourth one now is a bit of a negative, but it doesn't have to be a negative. I think Nick Chubb's under eleven 1, hundred fifty yards, so he is not. Everybody thinks it's time for him to have this this three hundred carry. And me too, like I would be into it, but I I think that they're going to continue to use their running back depth. They know they have one more year of Kareem so they're going to use Kareem a lot. I think they're going to use Deernest a lot too because they know they have one year of him. No trades came down for either of them. So I think you're going to see a rotation. I think Nick will create 1100 and some yards under 1150. He'll create those because he just maximizes every opportunity he gets, but I don't think they're going to push him to the 300 carry threshold, which means he's probably under 1150. Uh you know, Kareem pushes to 650. Can you get 400 out of Dearness? Something like that. I think they're going to really push this. And that means Nick could get injured too. And I'm kind of accounting for that, that some dinged up injury happens. But yeah, I think under, and I think anytime you're doing season long player props, like the under is always the better way to go just because so often unders hit more than overs. So I'm going to say Nick is, uh, my next two are kind of negative, but I think Nick is under 1150 yards for the season.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I I definitely agree with you that you know, I think they're just always going to want to keep their running backs fresh, especially with the depth they have at the running back position. So I can, I 100% align with you there. I'll, my next one, I'll I'll tie it into that. Um, You know, trades are, trades in the NFL are weird. They don't happen a ton, especially in season. Um, Obviously we went through the preseason and there was, you know, the Kareem Hunt situation where he (laughs) demanded a trade for about a day then went back to practice. And, you know, there were rumors flying about the, Eagles being interested in him um, ahead of their preseason game. I, I will, I, this isn't too spicy of a take, but I, I will say that it is very feasible to me to see Kareem Hunt being moved, even though it's in season. And even though, you know, teams know that the Browns kind of only have one more year of control of him. I, I think just because of the nature of injuries on teams and sort of what Kareem can bring, not only as a running back, but also as a receiving back, um, which he's phenomenal at, I also am just was so, so impressed, Jake, by what I saw from Jerome Ford in the preseason. And I don't know how many carries he's going to get. I don't know what kind of opportunities they're going to give him, especially early on and especially with the earnest still being there. But man, it's hard not to see what he did, like irregardless of if it was against second stringers, third stringers, what have you, like his vision and I think his acceleration just, just leap out at you and it would be, I guess somewhat malpractice not to not to give him opportunities on the field, and I I can see a lot of these things between Chubb, between Jerome Ford kind of stepping up and and looking like a guy that's really going to be able to contribute in a really positive way. And you know, if something happens to a team and they they're dealing with injuries to the running back position, or they just want to add a dynamic guy and, and Kareem Hunt, like before, you know, they it's an open bidding war in free agency. I I can just see. The flip side of that too is Kareem getting frustrated again, and maybe Darius is getting more carries than you know Kareem thought he would, and, and he's being kind of relegated to a spot where he wants to be featured more, and these that trade demand bubbles up again. So I I can certainly see factors kind of coming together where a trade is demanded or a or a team gets desperate and is reaching out because of the the surplus of running backs the Browns have, and just because of what I saw from Jerome Ford, who I think deserves you know touches in this offense. So, uh I will go with uh, bouncing off your running back thing. I will go with seeing Kareem Hunt being traded um at some point during the season would would not like shock me. I still think it's probably unlikely but it wouldn't blow my mind.
0: Got it. I like it. Could definitely happen, especially if the season doesn't start the way they anticipated. Um yeah. I put uh, the next one's uh, a positive, then I close with a negative. So next one, I put David Bell is above 500 yards in his rookie year, which would be a fantastic rookie season. It's not a crazy threshold to top, but for a rookie in the NFL with uncertain quarterback play to start his first 11 games, I think he gets over four, over 500 yards for his rookie year, probably settles in like the 630, 640 range. Um, but I wanted to, uh, I don't know exactly what, major outlets have as an over-under on Bell's receiving yards number for the year. But I feel like over 500 is a pretty solid lock at this point. So I'm going to take Bell for over 500 yards this year. And I think he gets pretty comfortably past that number.
1: Yeah. I uh, So that aligns. Mine was very similar. Mine was essentially that David Bell kind of becomes a very reliable, almost second wide receiver on this team. I think mm-hmm. like we're still sort of waiting for, consistency and what you know donovan people's jones is as a wide receiver um and i think david bell you you put him in the slot put him wherever like i think he's just smart guy that's going to catch a lot of balls so i'm i'm there with you uh mine was more that he was just gonna you know him and amari cooper are going to be the guys um but that sort of lends itself to that so love that love david bell really excited about like what he he brings to a receiving core that is going to need him so um i will go uh To the defense overall, and this one will be a little spicy, but I like it because I think it's time, and I think they have the talent. I think they're. I think the Browns are going to have a top five defense in the NFL, and I. Okay. I say this. They need it, and I say this knowing that obviously there is still the glaring weakness at, at defensive tackle in the interior, and you know we just talked about Jordan Elliott and him playing well would go a long way to to shoring that up. But I, I still feel that despite them struggling in the interior, it. You just don't have to be elite against the run anymore just because of what the NFL is. And I look at Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney. I look at J.O.K., who is, I think, just going to be a beast in his second season. We already saw some flashes of it in the preseason, like what he's going to be able to bring. He's an impact linebacker that the Browns haven't had for as, as long as I can remember. And then you just look at the secondary. I think it's reasonable to expect a bounce back year from John Johnson. Um, you and I talked a lot um, on podcast last season about his struggles. Like, I just think it's, there has to be some, you know, regression to the mean in a positive way. <laughs> like he's, I think he's going to go flip back to the other side and at least be an impact, an impact playmaker. I think another year under his belt for Grant Delpit. Um, and then you just look at their corners and, and you look at Newsom and Ward and you look at Martin Emerson, who, you know, flash in the preseason and is has some, is big and physical. So he's, you know, a little bit different than, than Ward and Newsom in that sense. And even though, you know, Greedy Williams has struggled and maybe he's not going to be a guy that's in the rotation. You just look at like an AJ Green, you just look at some other guys, they just have depth there and they have the ability to have this defense where guys are moving all over the place and you've got three safeties and all this. And I just think like they're poised health, hopefully staying healthy, but I just think they're ready to sort of take off, especially in that secondary and shut guys down and let Miles and Devion do their thing uh, and get to the quarterback. So I I think like the talent is there um, for this year for them. And now it's like their second year, a lot, some of these guys in the system with with Joe Woods and getting used to it. Like it's just, it's time for them to kind of coalesce as a group and really just ball out. And they're going to, like you said, like they're with what the offense may or may not look like it's going to rest on the defense and they have the talent to do it. So um, I'm, I'm all in on this Browns defense and I think they'll, they'll, they'll chart out as a top five unit this season. So that's my, that's my hottest defensive take that I got.
0: I like it. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I didn't really focus all too much on the defense, which talks to you about how much I focus on offense in general. Um, (laughs) My, my last one is Deshaun Watson under 12 total touchdowns upon his return Plays six games. I think. People are expecting a lot out of him in six games, which I get it. A lot of money, a lot of drama, a lot of everything. I think that he'll be under 12 between rushing and throwing. Uh, And again, my, my, my reason stands. He has not played in a long time. He has not played in a while. He's going to be away from the facility, from any activity for a couple months here before he comes back. I don't know what the exact date. It could not, it might not be a full two months, but He's going to be gone for a while. So, again, my expectations are low for him on return this season. So I'm saying under two touchdowns per game. He could blow this number out of the water. I just have a take that I think he's going to be under. You know, So if the number here would be 12.5, I think he's going to be under in his six games of return football. This doesn't mean they can't win a lot of those games because you can win ugly games. And if the defense is as good as you and I think, as you just said, they can still win games, but I think he's going to be under 12. So that's my final take. What's yours?
1: Um, I think I actually hit my six because my my David Did Bell you? was uh, mashed up with you. But um, I'll just comment on the, the, the Deshaun thing and just piggyback off that because I think it's a really salient point. Like, he has not played legitimate. Like, I'm not even going to count that preseason performance as legitimate football. Like, he, he just has not been in an actual regular season game situation it's going to be like a year and a half like a, almost two years like it's it's a really long time and I think you saw yeah. in that preseason game just how you know he's I very much agree with you like I think people are expecting the minute you know snap one under center he's going to look like what Deshaun Watson looked like two years ago in Houston and it's just like there. I I cannot imagine that that is going to be the case and, and you saw that a little bit in those Three series he had in that first preseason game, like it is going to take time um, for him to just shake the rust off. You know, I think you saw his his first or second pass. I think it was supposed to be to Anthony Schwartz was just like not accurate at all. You know, it was like way off, and it's just going to take time for the rhythm and leading receivers and all that stuff to come back. I have no doubt that it will come back, but I, it's just going to take time. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be a it can be a it's going to be a roller coaster of games when he comes back because you're going to be throwing them in. He'll be fresh, which is good, but you're going to be throwing him into, you know, defenses that are, that have been playing for three-fourths of the season already, defenses that are ready to go, that have their rhythm, that are figuring out what they do well, you know? So like, they're going to be full speed ahead and Deshaun's going to be kind of just getting his feet wet. So um, I think that's a really good take slash point by you is that expectations are going to be high. And I think it's going to, it's, it's absolutely going to take some time. I mean, you know, I'm like, yeah, give him three, four games. And then what you have two, two, three games left in the entire season after that. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot for him to be in in terms of just his, his play and, and getting a rhythm. So I think that's a, that's a good, a good point to close with on our, our 12 takes there.
0: Yeah. It's a snake pit thing, man. He's going to be thrown into it. We'll yep. see. He gets some time. He gets some weeks where he's back. They They let him come. He's not gone for all 11 weeks. He'll, he'll get a chance to, be ready but again there's nothing like live game action and he's going to go into high expectations and he returns in Houston where he'll be the villain it'll be ugly it's, so it's going to be that. a
1: that first game is going to be a circus it, yeah. it, even if it wasn't against Houston it was going to be a circus just because his name will be back in the headlines and stuff but mm-hmm. man yeah what a uh, what a game to come back to so that's going to be a whole thing in itself
0: yeah. And it was ugly even in Jacksonville for a preseason yep.
1: first preseason game. From yeah, the crowd. So they're going to be ready. We'll,
0: we'll see how he handles it. We never know how a guy's going to handle being the villain, uh, especially guys who are beloved. Right. So you got to see how he handles it. So, okay. We are going to do some superlatives. We'll take a quick break. Word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. All righty. Categories for this pretty simple. And I think Jordan and I have done these year to year, but the categories might not be perfect. I, 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 I'm not great at documenting some of these things, but here's our categories for this year. You get a breakout player. You get an underrated and overrated. You get a uh, highest impact rookie, and then you get a pivotal or wild card player who's going to change things if they're either good or bad, right? So we can look at it that way. So I'll lead off. You led off the last segment. I'll lead off this one. Breakout player to me is, is we might have the same guy. as Jeremiah wusu I mean, like he is, to me primed to leap into the top he is as good as any linebacker in the nfl and i'm not trying to say that to hype him up i'm not trying to say that to you know be hyperbolic in any sense i think he'll be in in the conversation among top five if he's healthy top five linebackers in the nfl after the season because i think he's that dynamic he's that fast he's that instinctive he feels comfortable in this defense so to me he's my breakout guy who's yours
1: love that pick um, I, and I'm with you there I will uh, I will actually stay with a guy I mentioned in our first segment but I'll, I'll keep it going with with David and Joku because I just think you know maybe breakout isn't exactly the right term but it just it's never felt like Jake he's had a consistent full season where he's just balled um, and I think this is I think this is a season that he's primed to do it in similar ways to, to Jay okay so I uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with David and Joku, who I think is primed to have a really just play a really big part in an offense that needs him to play a big part. So I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with Injoku. There is my breakout guy.
0: I like it. Overrated. I'm gonna go John Johnson. Uh, I think not because some people are extremely hard on John. I, I thought he he turned it around and had a really nice second half of last season. But league wide, he's respected a ton, and I don't think he's quite he's not quite the player Cleveland needs him to be. Put it that way. He's gonna be playing deep portions of the field again. I don't think that's his speciality. And again, Cleveland is sort of forced to do that here. Um, I don't know if forced is the right way to say it, but they've chosen to go that route. And I don't think he is at his absolute best as a player used in that way. And I think league-wide, he's got a lot of respect. And I think this is not calling John Johnson a bad football player. I just think he's a little overhyped across the league. So he's my overrated player. Uh, But again, that doesn't mean he can't have a good season. So this is not negativity Bill, but he's a little hyped uh, more than he should be in my opinion.
1: Um yep, he was going to be mine as well, but I will I'll pivot because I think you you summed that up nicely. I'll pivot and go to this this probably isn't fair, but I'm going to say Donovan Peoples Jones because I was pretty high on him um it just felt like his trajectory like last season I was just waiting for more now, some of that is absolutely on the quarterback play. Um, but he's just been a guy that's kind of gone in and out. And I think you know, there was a like his rookie year, you you felt like oh, they like Andrew Barry and co they hit on this guy, like he's going to be a, a a big part of this offense, he's going to be a consistent, big bodied receiver. Like it was, it was felt excited about where he his sort of career has gone. And now it, I don't know, Jake, there's just something that's like it just feels like you and I are talking about David Bell, you know, as this guy who's going to come in and just make a way bigger impact. Like, I just don't know really what to make of Donovan. And I feel like by this point, there should just be more, like, you should be like, oh man, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones on either side. Like that feels really good. And it just doesn't feel like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe he becomes the breakout guy this year. Maybe he has a really big year. And I would be thrilled for that because there's talent there. There's very obvious talent, but the consistency, and you know, this is obviously... You know what his the knock was coming out of Michigan. He was this very highly rated recruit that just never really, you know, lived up to that. By a lot of that, no fault of his own because of the offense that they were running there. But at the same time, it's like, okay, is is there a bit of a pattern here where like there's this ceiling and this potential that you see for him, and it's just not obtainable. So I I don't know what to make of him, and I think that's the biggest reason why you know after he's been on this team for a handful of years already, you just would would like to see a little bit more. So I'll pivot. Um, and I'll, I'll go with DPJ who I, who I'm hoping will prove me very wrong, uh, in in using him for this category.
0: Love it. I think that's fair. I think he could still be like overrated, but end up being a good player. I don't, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility. It's a pivotal year for him because we've seen flashes and he has the opportunity here to put together more. Um, I would like to see him get some more slot snaps, but that's a different discussion. Um, Okay. So we did overrated now underrated. I mean, I'm not going to use Deshaun Watson because I don't think that's fair. I think he's still underrated. I think people have hated his actions and I get it a hundred percent get it. But the quarterback, when he's right, when he's moving in the best direction possible is still underrated like poor. So it's amazing how, um, nationally underrated he is but but anyway i'm not going to answer that because this shortened season and all of that and you, i already gave you my expectations for this year so maybe he's next year but i would say my underrated guys jedrick wills I, I think people are really down on jedrick i think he is um he's good he's primed for a really good season i think he's athletic as as heck uh, at the tackle position really really great footwork really great Hand replacement initial placement replacement I think he's technically sound hurt last year hindered a lot of his you know you know I feel about pro football focus grades uh, I thought his grades were down because of the lack of mobility and an important ankle for stability as an offensive tackle but he he gutted out some games he shouldn't have impacted that I think he's ready to have a really nice season if he can close be that finisher every snap that I'm sure Callahan's tired of preaching if he can start to put that stuff together. I think he's a really special player. So he's somehow still, to me, underrated. I like Jed a lot. I think he's going to have a good year. So who's yours?
1: Love the Jed pick. Big Jed fan and agree with you. It's crazy to me that people sort of just throw out the, like forget about the injury and how much that <laughs> affected his whole ability to move. Um, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper, Jake, because...
0: It's fair. That's my I other think one. Yeah.
1: People, t- people talk about Amari Cooper in ways that I, sometimes I think it's like a little disrespectful uh, for the kind of player he is and, and what he was on the Cowboys. I think like when they drafted CD lamb, that sort of really overshadowed kind of how good he had been and what he was for them. Um, he is, you know, a top five, top three route runner in the NFL, like just a absolutely, you know, like just commits violence with the routes. Like, yeah, we saw it in a, in the joint practice against the Eagles. Um, I think it was a Darius lay that he, that he shook, like just made a move where you're like, that's the dude that you're getting. Now I understand there have been, you know, some inconsistencies throughout his career. Um, but I think like, as far as a receiver goes, you know, things did not work out with Odell, um, obviously in any way, but like, this is as good as a receiver outside of Odell, you know, and maybe you could say that he's better than Odell just as a more consistent kind of player and guy that, you know, hangs onto the ball. So I think Amari Cooper is almost being like forgotten a little bit one, because he's because of the trade and two, just because Deshaun's not going to be out there throwing to him for a little while. Um, and we didn't see him in preseason. So it's just like really quiet around Amari Cooper right now. And I think like he's going to be on the field and he's going to show you like, he is still very much a number one wide receiver. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. Um, so I think, yeah, I think people are just have forgotten the type of receiver that Amari Cooper is, um, and I think hopefully they will be reminded of just what a talent he is on the outside.
0: That's a great pick. Love that one. So that is our underrated category. Impact rookie. I'm taking, I've peeked across the computer screen. I know what you wrote down, Cade York. We're not doing Cade York. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Okay. You well, know, I know you named your fantasy team after him. He's the obvious listen, pick here. Go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, it's Cade York. I think it is Kate York. York. It's so hard to, I mean, listen, I, I mentioned Jerome Ford. I'm, I'm hyped for Jerome Ford, but he's not going to be a guy that's, you know, getting 25, 30 carries a game. So he you know, who knows, we don't know how much he'll be out there, how much he's going to contribute early on. Um, So he's an honorable mention, but yeah, man, I mean, to have hopefully uh, the first kicker since Phil Dawson, who you don't have to worry about and who you don't have to, Fret and who you don't have to bring in other guys midseason to compete with because they're not getting it done. Just that alone, Jake, is a huge win, and it seems like he's the guy. The other thing is just the entertainment factor. Like I, I almost got annoyed by it in the preseason because instead of yeah. like going forward on some fourth downs and trying to run some fourth down stuff and practicing that, they're just like, hey, why don't we, why don't we trot out K. York and see if he can make a sixty-one yarder? And it's like, I don't, you know, listen, I don't know if they need to be doing those things. And if they almost have too much confidence in him. Um, But there is a high entertainment factor here that I love. And, you know, when they're down three or they need a field goal to win and they're within, you know, 60 yards, like there's a very real opportunity that they're for him. And that they're really a very real chance that they're just going to be like, all right, we're trying Kate out. Let's go win it. Like there's going to be those games. And, um, that there's a lot of drama in that, and that's going to be a lot of fun. The dude obviously has an incredible leg. He is as advertised, um, coming out of LSU as what he was and, and sort of the power he possesses in that right leg. So I think just in terms of like, one, he's going to be out there every game. as a starting kicker. And then two, just the opportunities that it, that it allows the Browns to have, especially when they're within three points where they can kick it from. Um, I think is going to make a huge difference because Jake, as we do know last season, they really, their fourth down struggles were well-documented not to say that that should change the, the, the thinking of Kevin Stefanski. I'm, I'm always pro going forward on fourth downs and in, in most situations and short yardage like that. So I hope it doesn't change the thinking too much, but it is nice to have a guy who can legitimately make kicks from 50 plus and, and that becomes part of your, your decision-making. So, yeah, I mean, it's, You know, I had to draft him in fantasy, Jake. I just waited. I was like, I'm going to take him before somebody else does. Like I had to do it. So, yeah, I'm I'm hooked.
0: You overpicked the kicker, kind of like the Browns. But again, absolutely, absolutely I did. If it solves the situation that has been a like thorn in your side forever about this kicking problem, okay, then make the pick if that's your guy. So far, it looks like he's the guy. I will say, it does wonders for the confidence of your offense. And late game situations when you just know, like, we only got to get to the 40. If we get to the 40 yep. or even the 45, this guy can make it. And that changes everything about how you approach it, how your your confidence in the situation is. So if he's the guy, if he's who we think he is, if he can imitate some of McPherson's rookie year from up in, or down in Cincinnati, like, that's all you can ask for. The talent is there. I've been asking for them to find a talented kicker and figure everything else out. They have a talented kicker, so you could have made cases. I think for both David Bell and you know, a case obviously, I think you could make for Alex Wright as he was the most impactful edge yep. player in the preseason that doesn't start. So, uh, but yeah, Cade York is the obvious selection there, partly because the Browns didn't have a first, or second round pick, and those guys' expectations are a little different. So, anyway, last one is the most pivotal or wild card player. I'll let you go first on this one. Go ahead.
3: All
1: right, I was thinking about this one a lot. And I'm going to stick on the offensive side because I just think with the question mark that the receiving core is kind of outside of, of Amari Cooper. And and even though you and I feel like David Bell is going to make an impact, it's still having Anthony Schwartz be anything would be a huge bonus for them. Um, And we are at the point right now where after that performance in the preseason, you, you don't feel great (laughs) about, um, his career kind of moving forward. Um, But man, I just think about, I just think about that first game last year, Jake, and and the impact he made immediately against the Chiefs. Like like he and Baker had an instant sort of connection in that first game. And he, you know, had, had a couple of huge catches and you're just like, why can't he do that? Doesn't need, it doesn't even need to be every game, but why can't he be the guy that is going to, You know, Jacoby's got a big arm. Like, he's just – he's always been a guy that's had a fairly big arm. Why can't Anthony Schwartz be a guy that is making some high-impact catches, some 20-plus-yard catches once or twice a game? Like, he's got to be – he's got to be able to be that guy for him to have any value. And if he – outside of – you know, he's still got the speed. I know they ran a couple sort of reverses to him in the preseason too. Like, I still think you should be able to use him in that capacity. But, man, what a lift for the offense it would be – if he can take the top off of defense in any way. Now, I, I don't have a ton of faith that's going to be, that's going to happen. I think when you have drops and it starts getting talked about, that's the type of thing that gets into your head. And I, I worry about him the first, the first drop he has in a regular season game. And if that can spiral on him, I, I, I'm very nervous about that. And so we may, you know, Anthony Schwartz may be a blip, but man, getting, you know, a handful of catches of him, per game and letting him do some stuff over the top. I mean, that's what he's here for. So my, my wild card is Anthony Schwartz. I think if he could make any sort of impact in that way, it would really, it would go a really long way to just opening stuff up underneath, which is where the Browns offense really does thrive. Um, But if you just have that threat where they actually have to respect Schwartz going downfield and they have to sort of play that way to his side and, and have a safety back, like that would just make all, all the difference in the world. So, He's my wild card because he just he has a role to play, and if he can't play it, it really sort of is going to limit the, the quote-unquote explosive plays I think the Browns can make in the passing game.
0: Yeah, if, if I was going on offense, as far as most pivotal wild card player for me, it would have been DPJ, but you've already kind of discussed him. Yep. I yep. think you made a good case there for Schwartz. If I'm shifting defense, which is the other guy I had written down, it's Grant Delpit because if Delpit can do a myriad of different things – slot, box, strong, all of those and even play post safety every now and again. If he can do all of those things, it opens up Greg Newsome to play back outside more often in big nickel. It creates more advantageous situations in your dime packages where you can get creative and blitz him. It it just he can play so aggressively downhill in fun personnel packages but also be a deep guy in coverage or man up a tight end. That's what makes him pivotal. If he can do that and kind of break out in that role, because again, I always go back to this. It's such a big third year for Jed, who I mentioned earlier in Grant here, because they're constantly going to be compared to the two guys who went immediately after them. Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, who are phenomenal football players to Tampa Bay. Can those two become the two talented players that we know they can be? If Grant unlocks himself at all these different positions, which we got a slight taste of that last year, if he can take a step forward, you know, I, I didn't. It was a little unfortunate to see him get banged up there in that third preseason game, but he seems like he's okay. If he can take that step forward, it'll be so huge for the versatility of this defense and allowing them to have so much speed and physicality on the football field at the same time and match up with a variety of different position or sorry, personnel groupings, which to me is wildly important to be able to stay in, you know, a 5 DB look because you think Delpit can do things as a sort of outside linebacker type an overhang defender. That sort of stuff allows you to play faster, play with less thinking, play with less subbing. That's so important. So I think he is the wild card for the defense because if he is who we think he is, he has Pro Bowl talent. And if they can find that for him now two years removed from the Achilles, That'll be huge. So those are it. Those are our superlatives. This was a really fun exercise, man. I hopefully uh, you guys listening, you enjoyed it. You can always feel free in the comments or whatever. Hit us up. Let us know if you disagree or or if we missed one that you think is pretty obvious. Always willing to hear those out. Jordan, man, I hope you had fun too. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Yeah, man. Um, That was a blast. Appreciate you having me as always. And uh, got a game on Sunday. Jake, it's here. It's, uh, here, man. it's wild, but it but it is here. The season begins, so let's get after it.
0: Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to be live on playback for a little while tonight and uh, do a little Browns Q&A session during the Rams-Bills NFL kickoff game. So check out the channel, the OBR, playback.theobr.com. Hang out, watch the game. The game will be live up there. All you have to do is put in your TV provider, you unlock the game, you unlock the chat, you unlock the ability to come up on stage and ask questions. Like I said, going to do that for about a half hour, going to do that for all the big games this year. So Monday night football, Sunday night football, and Thursday night football, and then also going to be obviously live th- through the entirety of the Browns game too, whenever that is. Sometimes those will overlap, but that's uh, that's what we're going to do. So make sure, I think there's about 400 you, of you subscribed to that uh channel there so get in there get it going hang out watch football have a good time and yeah we'll do that tomorrow night at some point i would imagine i don't even know what time kickoff is i'll make sure to post it on twitter and all that stuff so check it out huge shout out to jordan for stopping by hanging out he's always great always a fun uh perspective i think on everything brown so he was the one i most wanted to do this show with so appreciate him stopping by and appreciate you guys having patience this week And uh, a lot of uh, well wishes and stuff like that. And I appreciate that stuff as well. So uh, as always, guys, thanks again for stopping by supporting the OBR website, Twitch, and this podcast. Thanks so much. I'll catch you on playback tonight. Keep your eye out for what time that starts. Join us. Hang out. Watch the game. NFL's back, baby. We are finally hitting the ground running. Get those fantasy lineups set. Have a great Thursday, guys, and go Browns.